Hi, this is Cameron. And I'm Jorge Luis. Today, we get to look at the new structure of End Slavery Ministries Ecuador. Let's hear this exciting news and let's start now. Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Welcome to the Education Was Hope Hopecast. I'm Cameron Graham Vivanco. And I'm Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I got to co-found Educational's Hope, and I get to direct the program here in Ecuador. And I am the coordinator of teams and training for Equals H in Ecuador as well. Educational's Hope exists to provide for the education of those in desperate and difficult situations. And the goal for this podcast is to keep you, our dear listeners, partners in ministry, and friends all over the world informed as what is happening with Equals H in Ecuador. Because we couldn't do it without you. Absolutely not. Uh, over and over and over again. It's just so true. It gets me every time. Um, well, Jorjito, how's it going? It's going great. It's Christmas time. <laughs> it's Christmas time. We finished the Christmas letters. Thank the dear Lord in heaven. That feels like a lifetime ago now. But it's it's been an amazing opportunity of seeing how the students are doing and how the ministry sites are um, finishing their year. Yeah. You know, wrapping up with everything it they're is, doing. No matter what part of the Western world you're in where Christianity undergirds right. the society, Christmas time is busy. Right, right. Busy, busy for ministry sites, for us, for schools, for, for work, everybody. for everybody. And it's just really fun because people take the extra time to stop and celebrate. That's true. Um, today, we're going to look at a different kind of celebration. <laughs> That's true. Yes, yes. Well, also, the thing that happens with the end of the year, not as specifically Christmas time, but with the end of the year, is that we can see um, different kind of transformations. Of course, with organizations like the one that we work for. Um, Education we, equals hope. <laughs> we make decisions and we plan for next year. And that's also reality for the other organizations we work with. Uh, and the ministry sites, they also finish their year, wrap up with everything. They do like a re-thinking, reminding, <laughs> re-everything, recording. I'm enjoying watching your face being like, right. what word is he looking for? <laughs> but it's, it is a true that for every ministry site or organization that we work with, they also rethink what they're going to do. Those of um, the, And sometimes that rethinking um, involves change. Right. And those of you who know me well um, are going to laugh at the fact that I am going to say out loud, change is not always bad. That's true. That's good. Change can be hard and change can be frightening. True. Uh, It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be frightening. It doesn't have to be hard. It does not have to be bad. Some change is good. Yes. Some of it brings really good new stuff. Are you guys proud of me? I'm proud of myself. I am. Okay, thank you. Um, So anyway, there is lots of change. As we mentioned on the last Hopecast, there is lots of change afoot in the Esme world, the End Slavery Ministries Ecuador world. Mm -hmm. And because I also love context, I'm going to back up and remind people what they know of what it was and then help paint the picture of where it's going. Because in some ways it changes everything and in other ways it changes nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And by that, I mean, so uh, Casa Dahlia uh-huh. came out of 
the model of Casa Gabriel. Right. So Casa Gabriel was a residential home for former street boys. And people routinely asked, well, what about the street girls? Right. They're not a whole lot of street girls because they get um, tricked, sold, harassed, um, sequestered. That's a more a Spanish word. It is a word in English. Kidnapped. Um, Into prostitution, like just physical physical work slavery or sexual slavery um, and prostitution. And so when Desiree was here from the Netherlands and had a a heart for the men and women in prostitution um, and started digging into that reality here Mm -hmm. in Ecuador, um, it became clear that there were no residential programs for women trying to change their lives. And um, Phil and Debbie Dallas at that time were directing Casa Dalia and they're that same heart for the vulnerable um, and inspired them with God's guidance to launch something that at the time was called Casa Dalia, um, a residential program for women at that point in time um, when underage women were taken out of the brothels, there was a six, because that was illegal to be underage in, in the brothels, there was a six-month program. Mm-hmm. And after those six months, off you go on your own. And and so they started with, okay, well, let's provide the gap after the six months, mm-hmm. um, that process. And then laws change, things here, <laughs> again, change, change, <laughs> things here change all the time and laws and whatnot. Yep. And so it was like, you can't have underage, you can have underage, you have to be adult, but Casa Dalia formed. And out of Casa Dalia, they, it was a full-time residential program. They saw the need for job training, which is how Esperanza Art became a, um, the jewelry making program it mm-hmm, came mm-hmm. to existence. Um, they saw the need for preventative care, uh, helping women uh, and young women especially learn the life skills that were missing in their life and their education in order to prevent being in a vulnerable situation that would lead to prostitution. Right. Um, so those two ministries came out of uh, the Casa Dalia house. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, they uh, were doing outreach, as we heard last week from Vero, um, nine years ago, started doing outreach to the women in active prostitution mm-hmm. in city center, just going down, standing awkwardly on the street, smiling, offering to have a conversation. And as the years have gone by, mm-hmm. those little those little grains of awkward conversation have turned into a full-fledged ministry that we get to partner with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are these four different parts of End Slavery Ministries Ecuador, non-residential, residential, outreach to women, and the jewelry-making program, but they were all very disconnected. They were all standalone. Uh-huh. Does that make uh-huh. sense? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so now we're... Now this is where the change is coming. And it sounds so dramatic and so challenging because um, it is... It is it is dramatic and challenging because Casa Dalia has closed. Yes. It it and now that we're in December, it's not in the process of closing. It it's is already it closed. has closed down. And so many of our wonderful, wonderful supporters through Equals H are like, wait, wait, what happened? We were given to Casa Dalia. Do you, I guess you don't need our donations anymore? It doesn't exist. Time out, everybody. <laughs> the exact same thing still exists in a different form. It Uh is no longer a full-time residential program. Uh 
So let's jump into what this new system is going to look like. Great. And then we'll talk about um, some of the reasons that, well, the reasons that these this happened. There are two main reasons. One is that part that I just said that things were fairly disjointed. Like yes. at, they were siloed off, even though they were all working with vulnerable populations. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get Amada's women to feel like they could be a part of the Caminos de Libertad program. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get um, those who were in Caminos who were doing Esperanza art to make room and space. Like there was a difference between the women who were in the house and those who weren't in the house. And right. it was just, it was siloed off. The house itself, um, already just two weeks into this new model are seeing like, oh, that was actually a problem at Casa Deli that we didn't necessarily realize. Like having people with such big T trauma living in, in tight quarters together. I mean, they had a whole house, but it's just a house. It's not a mansion with different wings. <laughs> and they had their bedroom. That was their only safe, sacred space. Um, and when you have people with uh, traumas living with each other and rubbing up against each other, there's a there's a time and a place and a purpose mm-hmm, for that. Mm-hmm. But when it's 24-7 all the time, sometimes the bad behaviors of one rub off on another. Um, so th- that's, that's one of the reasons. Um, and then the other reason is just the financial reality of what it takes, the cost of running a residential program. Right. Um, and even though the house itself was uh, was paid for and a yeah. huge gift in that, that there's no rent, uh, all of this, obviously all of the upkeep of the house and then all of the staff and what the biggest expense is, is the full-time overnight um, weekend staff, um, all sorts of, of parts like that. So it was just a really expensive thing. And at this point, it was serving three women. Now, right. we heard from Vero last week that there are hundreds of women downtown mm-hmm. that Amadas is reaching out to. So how does this how does this work together? I had a chance to sit with um, with Hannah this week, who's the director of Esme. And I'm going to do the very best I can to paint this word picture for you of this drawing that I have in front of me. And it really is so exciting. Any questions to this point, Jorjito? No, I think it's pretty clear. I think the only the only thing that I would like to to clarify for our listeners is that, and for everybody that knew Casa A before, mm-hmm. all these changes are happening and they're, people have taken the time and space to really think through every mm-hmm. possibility. Um and even though they have decided to make these changes, these are not affecting a lot to the families or the women and the kids that were already living in the house. Mm-hmm, right. They have they have a plan for them. It's not like they just closed down and took them Off out. Off you go. Yes, no. No. They, they restructure. They're still part of the ministry. You're going to explain us how. Yep. But um, just to clarify, these Absolutely. people, these families, these women and their kids have been taken care of. Yes. Yes. Yes, indeed they do. Um, and I'm going to label, I'm going to list this out, and then I'm going to show you where they are great. in this new diagram. Great, great. So... Um, imagine, if you will, uh, a, a funnel, the top of the funnel, um, that first kind of, it's going to, the funnel's going to have three sections. Mm-hmm. The first one is just the word all. Like, this is all the women that any of the Esme workers come in contact with. Okay. This is 
um, women in prostitution, amadas. This is women who are vulnerable. This is women who have been connected to the house or to the ministries. This is uh, the women who are in Caminos or need to be in something like Caminos de Libertad. Any and all, there are programs, and and part of this is still being fleshed out. But those of you who know youth ministry, like this first section, it's kind of like the ministry of welcome. Like there are ministries that can meet um, and connect with any of the women that walk in through any of the doors or points. And that's kind of like the being known part, like just getting to know people, getting to know their stories. As um, the funnel goes down a little, the middle section is prep. So this is uh, the preparation for the third section, which we're going to get to, which is Mm -hmm. um, an intentional, intense program. But this preparation time of identifying the women who are ready to do more, to learn more, to be involved. Part of this is addressing how easily entitlement can slip in even when we have the very best of intentions. Right. Casa Dalia was designed in a way to take care of these moms, these young women, these children who found themselves in these horrific situations and horrific abuse and through no fault of their own and the fact of like they didn't raise their hand and hi, I'd like to be trafficked, please. Right, right. it was designed to care for them and that heart of caring and creating a full structure around them. Um, after, if we're not super intentional about making sure that people have agency from the beginning, uh-huh. that desire that, that we all innately have in us to take care of ourselves and others, if we supersede that desire and we kind of, be the overprotective helicopter parent out of compassion, right? right? right. Like not out of meanness or control or control or idiocy or anything, just out of compassion, Mm -hmm. then we can accidentally strip away some agency. Mm -hmm. So, um, so in this middle section, this prep section is identifying the, the women who I, I've got some chutzpah. <laughs> I've got some drive in me. I've got some desire. I want something more because those of us who have been in the NGO world a long time, we know that you cannot help somebody who does not want to be helped. Right. You cannot do. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, doing some identifying some kind of like all call trainings, but more like self-selecting, um, that preparation time. Um, and then it goes down to the third section of the funnel, which is the program, the official program. So what, what was happening inside Casa Dalia Mm -hmm. will still happen. Probably will have a new name. Maybe they'll recycle the name. All that is, is still, um, those fine details are are yet to be discovered, but it is a program that will last probably four to six months and that you will have to apply to be in this intensive program. So you have to put y- your effort in from the very beginning and the program itself will have a cost. Great. If you can't afford that cost, you can apply for scholarship. Okay. You can apply for up to 100% scholarship. 
So it's not to say that, oh, you can't afford this, you can't come. No, it's that same heart as always of we want to do anything and everything we can to support you, but you also have to do your, you have to meet us in you wanting to do this. Um, so it will be kind of that program, that catch up those life skills, intensity. I've heard other churches talk about, um, almost like a, an intense greenhouse. Like yeah. we uh-huh. are going to create the environment around you for you to be able to absorb and grow, um, emotional, uh, spiritual, academic, all of those pieces. And then when you graduate from the program, there'll be a very definite beginning and an end, like a a definite cycle of here's the program part. And when you come out the end of that funnel, one of the hard things of the way Casa Dalia was right now is like you come out of Casa Dalia, woohoo, you did it. Now you graduate and go off into the world, but you haven't Like where, like legit, where do you go? Right. Like where's your apartment? What furniture do you have? Do you have any dishes, pots and pans? Because you had everything compassionately provided for you. But when you graduate, oh, like setting up a house and getting an apartment, like this is, so um, this design, this funnel is to never take them, um, if they have any sort if they have any sort of stable living environment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they're not removed from that and put into a residential home. Okay. Now, some of them have no stable living right. environment to begin with, period. Right. That's they need part. somewhere to go. And it is more cost effective to help to help pay rent, even subsidize rent for up to 100% of a single family, small apartment, because here in Ecuador, that's a different deal, right? Absolutely. That's, you know, it's not $1,500 a month. Like we're nope. talking maybe a hundred dollars a month, yeah. um, 160 on the outermost a month for a woman and her children to have their own space, <clears throat> excuse me, their own space. So while she's, um, in this program, she can also apply for a scholarship to help pay for the rent or pay for, um, the, the water or the light bill. But she, she has that agency to know that this is this is my house. This is what I have to do to keep this running. I I can't be in this program and and have this be my full time job and not have any help over here. So those financial aspects are um, are considered, but they're very specifically defined. Okay. So it's not like um, okay, we're gonna help you indefinitely until you get to a good point, and then off you go. It's like okay, you have six months. Um, and we're going to help you for these six months. If you need help past those six months, uh-huh. we can have that conversation. We can figure it out. But there's some guaranteed checkpoints along the way okay. that are designed to encourage the individual agency. There's more specific goals too, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So like the, the main goal is to help them mm-hmm. to stand on their own feet. Yeah. But there's a specific process and specific steps to go and follow until you get there. Exactly. It's not just let's start together and let's see how far we go. Exactly. Great. That sounds so good. So that first section, that all section was getting known, this prep and program session that is equipped. And once you come out of the bottom of the funnel mm-hmm. and you're a graduate, um, there's this beautiful safety net that you like pop into like you I just have this vision of a ball coming out of the end of a, a funnel and bouncing on this net and the the woman is at the very center 
and it has four corners. It's like a blanket being stretched out. Esme and that relationship is on one corner. Um, a local church is another okay, corner. Great. A personal mentor is a third corner. And the fourth corner is work. Like Esme is going to uh, identify agencies and safe places to work for these women to land. That could be Esperance Art. Um, and Esperance Art is actually part of the program part. I forgot to mention that. So that's the job training in Esperance Art and creating the jewelry okay. um, is the job that they can do to help provide for their family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so they, and they might stay with Esperance Art, but they might go somewhere else. But the idea is that Esme is going to help create a bank of pl- safe places to work. Um, and what is really amazing about this part, this integrated, this being known, being equipped, being integrated, is that the work is pouring into the woman, the mentor is pouring into the woman, the church is pouring into the woman, Esme is pouring into the woman, but the woman has the chance to pour into all of those as well. She Like giving and receiving that we've talked about right, so much, right. that she has the opportunity to pour back into Esme, maybe be a volunteer or share her testimony or help with the Christmas parties, that she's equipped to, to give, um, to be put in churches that are active in ministry and that have the opportunity for, for a young woman coming out of this situation to be active in ministry in their church, to, to give, because we know it's better to, we are blessed when we give, it's more blessed to give than to receive, um, that, that relationship with that mentor, that they're encouraged that it's a two way street and a two way street of the work. They have to do their best and they get the benefit of work. So this funnel of getting to know them, preparing them, intense time of this program and all the pieces. And when they come out, this four pronged, four ed safety net underneath them that yeah. it's not all on Esme. It's not all on the the people in the house. So um, the list of people who um, are involved in Esme, of course, we have the di- director who's Hannah and uh-huh. we know and love her, but they have a counselor. They have an academic coordinator. They have a children's um, activities coordinator. They have a child therapist. Um, they have the coordinator of Esperance Art. They have spent a spiritual mentorship and they have support staff that make all of those things happen. Mm-hmm. So the, the big difference is that it's, there's no longer a house mom or respite house moms or weekend house, mo- like that residential part is taken out and that responsibility is given to the girls. Each, the three girls who were in the program have each been, um, placed in an, in, in an independent apartment, but right. with Esme walking with them, Esme going to sign the contract, Esme okay, showing up being like, hey, we're watching out for these girls. Like w- we know them. We're, we're going to be here every day, every other day, every week, like, helping so put that that security around them um mm-hmm. so and it really is actually more cost effective <laughs> 
to do it this way. They're, they did actually create one, um, one apartment in the back on the back of uh, Casa Dalia. So all the program parts of that, the the academic coordination, the children's activities, the child therapy appointments, their psychological and counseling appointments, the, all, of, all of those ministry um, and program aspects are going to still happen in what we know as Casa Dalia, yeah. physical in those structures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's that one apartment behind. But the difference is that now that, that mom and her kids, they have their own refrigerator and their own kitchen table and their own food. And they have to administer their, what is theirs instead of, um, some of the bad, just the, the things that happen when you live in community and well, who left the milk out now it's gone sour and now no one right. has it. And, and like, who's and like, and some just, some of those just bad roommate situations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the women who were in the house are being cared for, are being loved, are being attended to, and they are part of this new process. Cool. But this new process allows so much more than just the three of them to benefit from all of what's going on in Esme. Got it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, so how does that affect education was hope? Right. The reality is if those three moms and... Their children, actually, it's two moms and a young lady, all of them, they still have academic needs. And the hope and the goal and the heart of Esme is to still walk alongside them and help them with that safety net of helping for the provide for the education of those uh-huh. in desperate and difficult situations. We haven't changed. They haven't changed. The mechanism has changed, but the exact they need the exact same budget today that they needed in October right. academically. And that's where our heart is, is to, to help provide for that academic budget. So if anything, it's going to be an increased academic budget as more women have the opportunity to come through this funnel and we have the opportunity to walk alongside more mm-hmm. of them. Mm-hmm. But right now, um, those three women, all of their ne- same needs are being covered and met, emotional needs, physical needs, spiritual needs, academic needs, um, in a more individualized manner. But the academic part is the same. So my ask for our donors is if you have been giving to Casa Dalia, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And please don't stop because yes. <laughs> we have the same Absolutely. exact budget and the same exact needs to help with the academic coordinator and then the schooling costs of each one. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. All what I'm seeing also is that through this change, we're actually able to continue, but we are going to do it in a more intentional way. Exactly. Right? That's that's it. It's no more right. than that. It is. If you have questions, feel free to reach out to me, Cameron, at educationalshope.org, or you can even write Hannah. Some of you have her email address. You can mm-hmm. ask me for it. I don't have it on the top of my head. <laughs> um, and we are so, so, so thankful for all of you, for all that you do for Educationals Hope, for all that you do for these women through Casa Dalia. What was Casa Dalia and what will be, Dun, da, da. I don't know the name yet. It's a big <laughs> secret. Um, so, but thank you so much. If you would like to join for the first time in that, please go to educationalshope.org and find the donate now button and you can designate it. And our current website, it still says Casa Dalia because we don't have the new name yet, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll trade that over soon. Thanks for being with us and hope that was clear as mud. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for everything you do for us and for listening to this podcast. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to our HopeCast. If you want to join the mission or know more about it, please visit our webpage, 
www.educationequalshope.org or check our YouTube channel and Instagram with the same name.